Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone and a welcome to the outfit repeaters i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello marissa and hello um everybody i came very close this week <laughs> marissa i came very very close to just ending it just <laughs> <laughs> just being like no more throw in the towel yep nope not doing it this anymore is it. You come for my boy, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> and we have a problem. But then I thought about, you know, how disappointed our listeners might be, you know, and I was like, I have to power through, but I came very close. <laughs> came very close. Yeah. This episode happened. It exists. It does exist. And oh boy, this was, this was, an, uh, this was a thing that I watched. <laughs> By the end of this episode, Sophie's son is like, Mom, why did you even tell me this story? And I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so ratings update. So last week we gave the news about how How I Met Your Father got off to a strong start. And here's where we stand week two. Week two, uh, it looks like through the same amount of time through you know that week, uh, it looks like episode three has done a 1.2 adult 18 to 49 rating. So it's down, you know, about a quarter from where we started with the first two episodes. So, you know, down a little bit. Obviously, you know, young women, like you specifically, Me are still specifically. leading leading these ratings uh, for the show. The show had a 3.3 women 18 to 34 rating. So that's a thing that's happening, but... Uh, 25% decline, a little bit higher than only murders in the building. So we'll see. We'll see. I feel like that's not bad. I feel like that's pretty, that's pretty typical, right? You know, for a show to, the, the highest rated episode is usually the premiere. True. And then there's a dip, but I feel like that's a decent retention. It's a decent retention. I mean, on Tuesday though, you know, it wasn't the number like, you know, in the premiere week, it was the number one show the day it came out. It obviously was not this week. Um, this week was a big Ozark week. A lot of people tuning into the Ozark. And I think that's just like the problem. Like, you you have this weekly release, so it's always going to be up against whatever the new thing is. And the quality of the episodes and the Woody Harrelson slander <laughs> does not help. I can't believe we're at the midpoint. Of yeah, season one. Yeah, we're halfway through. Just like we made it halfway. Just looking at it from a storytelling point of view, the pacing is just wild. I get. I it's mean, slow. It's very. It it's is slow. slow. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they're. It's. It feels like they're trying to make every episode self-contained, but at the same time, they're trying to have this like larger story as well. So, I mean, 
it does feel like they're just kind of like treading water with the larger story. It's like, I don't know, they have to, if they want to tell like a big narrative arc, like just got to do it. If that is the case, right? And they're trying to tell like a larger narrative story about like Sophie, then all these like other B and C stories are not necessary. Yeah, I feel like narratively, this makes sense in my head, but I don't know if it's going to translate well when I speak it. But I feel like they're trying to tell like a single cam story, but using the multi cam format. That's where there's like some trouble. Do you know what I mean? I guess so. Like I mean, it's clinging- not necessarily. It's it's just like if the story is like how I met your father, and that's kind of like the through line that we're getting here, and that's kind of like what you really want to drive the story, and kind of like what you're coming back to at the end of every episode. Then, like, why are we getting a story about Ellen crashing some old lady's funeral? The shiva. It doesn't, yeah. It Show just, some respect. Like what? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, because that's just how the show is going to go. I mean, in the original show, you also had some, you know, extraneous subplots. But that one in particular was just such a choice to just say that all old Jewish ladies are the same to Charlie. <laughs> to call them yentas, which is like... Uh, it's yeah. kind of like it's 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 slightly derogatory i would say i mean for like a non-jewish person to like evoke and use that word for that to be a word in charlie's vocabulary a little questionable mm-hmm. do you even know what a yenta is i do not <laughs> see we, that's yeah, what i mean what? it's weird uh yenta it's it's yiddish and it just means like an old like gossipy woman like a meddler it's a very like a meddler, one like one who meddles. Yeah, it kind of of when you think of like every sort of like stereotypical overbearing Jewish mother on like mainstream tell like Beverly Goldberg would be mm-hmm. kind of considered a yenta. The matchmaker in Fiddler on the Roof, her name is Yente, and actually for that that has kind of conflated that the. Goyim believe that Yenta means matchmaker, which is not true. You kind of don't want to be called a Yenta is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I got that. So didn't love that personally. I think it's one thing if it's like a, you know, an in-Jew joke, if like a Jewish character were to use it, but not cute, Charlie. And to mix up Esti Leibowitz with Esther Horowitz, two completely different names. Like, yeah, it's not even like they were both named Esther. Yes. <laughs> two different things. Not a good look. No. Charlie's whole storyline in this episode was not really a good look, in my opinion. Like, I don't think it's particularly funny to use mental health in the way that it was used in this episode. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. And uh, you never take unsolicited. <laughs> Advice (laughs) Uh, from an unlicensed practitioner. Correct. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else to say before we jump in to the episode? No. No. I think we just want to power through this one. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Today we are talking about How I Met Your Father, season one, episode five, The Good Mom. 
And this episode, an unexpected visit from Sophie's mom heightens Val's concern for her friend. Charlie helps Jesse and Sid face past traumas, and a culinary quest leads Ellen to someone new. Yeah, I mean, the title of this episode felt like a stretch to me. It's called The Good Mom. It feels like they're playing on the, you know, for some reason, this show felt the need to shout out The Good Fight. <laughs> yeah, that was so random. Um, Which is like the spinoff series from uh, The Good Wife, Juliana Margulies. It's that wasn't even like a Sophie storyline. That was like an Ellen. That was like the Ellen story. So why are they just pulling out the good mom here? It just felt random. There are so many other things they could do. They like, uh, I don't know. It's a good example. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, like a Norman Bates tie. in. A Norman Bates tie in. Well, yeah, he loves his mother. We also had a guest star appearance for, Mason Gooding, who played Ash, Sophie's mom's boyfriend. In this show, he is playing a 27-year-old musician, but I know him from Love, Victor, where he plays Andrew, a high school football player. So <laughs> Mason's got range. Yeah, fun time. I mean, he he's really uh, taken over the Hulu. I enjoyed his appearance. I was like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. It reminded me that I miss Love Victor. Uh, I can't wait for that to come back. I think in June. That show got heavy, though. Yeah, I mean, we have different opinions, I think, about Love Victor. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know what? I will say, How I Met Your Father is giving it a run for least funny comedy. <laughs> I don't think Love Victor is supposed to be a comedy. I think that was some like false advertising. Oh, it's for sure false advertising because it's not funny at all. It's interesting because it's the half hour form, Matt, but it's definitely more of a drama at this point. But I digress. I'm I'm losing the plot here. Let's let's reel it back in. Focus. Okay. This episode. Wild start. You were you were ready to quit in like the first 60 seconds. Not well, it was it, pretty soon. It was like a 60 seconds is a little soon. Maybe within the first like three minutes. <laughs> it was fast. Um, it had me at penis. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, theme of this episode, like you said, the good mom. We're going to talk about Sophie's mom. We're going to get some great, you know, parental trauma, which has been alluded to in past episodes. Val in particular is really invested in this relationship and very protective of Sophie. And I don't really have enough context still to make that land for me i mean yeah we get the we get in this episode right that val's been around for quite some time because she's met multiple of Lori. so sophie's mom's name is Lori of Lori's uh boyfriends along the way um enough to make judgments about them and be like well the boyfriends were okay it's just your mom who's trash <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah i mean how long has it been no idea but it's been some time Although it does seem like Lori... Lori goes through men very quickly. Yeah, it does seem so, to cycle through the boyfriends at, you know, an alarming rate. So maybe it hasn't been that long. It's yeah, it's tough to say. You know, it's all that wanderlust, basic Sagittarius. Am is, I right? Well, you are a Sagittarius. Is Do you have chronic wanderlust? What do you think? I don't know. You are the Sagittarius. I think that that is kind of just like a generalization 
not hashtag not all Sagittarius or Sagittaria. How would you say that as a plural? Uh, it would be Sagittarii. Sag- yeah. Hashtag not all Sagittarii. So in that, so is that a thing though? Is, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I'm familiar with that as a concept, as being like something that is connected to a Sagittarius. I would say that, I don't know, it's hard for me to even judge my own state of wanderlust. Like I would really love to get the hell out of here, but we are, you know, two years into a global pandemic. So I feel like everyone is, but no, I've never felt the need to like always be on the move. I mean, you are the first person I dated and the last person I dated. So yeah. (laughs) Hashtag not all Sagittarii. Mm, Okay. So at the start of this episode, Sophie is excited because she is moving forward in her relationship with Drew. She is going to a game night and she's going to meet his friends. Yeah. Big set. I mean, what do you think that, do you think this is like, oh, actually we know how long it's been. So it's now been a week, a week. It's been a week. (laughs) And uh, she's already meeting the friends. So, you know, waste no time. Why aren't Sid and Jesse invited to this game night? I thought they were friends. Well, clearly not good (laughs) enough friends. Good enough to be invited to the engagement party, but not good enough. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously we're seeing here the dynamic, right? Like Drew is Sid's friend, but is Sid Drew's friend? I wonder if Drew is better friends with Hannah. That would make more sense to me. With Hannah? Who is Hannah? Oh, the Hannah, fiance. the fiance. Okay, who who is away? I was like, who? Hannah. <laughs> sex toy Hannah. Sex toy Hannah. That's how we know her now? She's sex toy Hannah? Oh, boy. Dr. Hannah. Dr. Sex toy Hannah. <laughs> uh, maybe, but I don't think Hannah knew. Like, the invite would have come from, so you think Sid invited Drew on behalf of Hannah because they're friends? Yeah, they all went to college together. Am I doing that thing where I'm just creating fan fiction? It seems. I mean, it's not necessarily fan fiction. It's just like conjecture with no evidence. It makes sense to me, though. Okay, sure. So, yeah, that's happening. And then Sophie's mom shows up just blowing up the plan. Yeah, I mean, mom would not miss Sophie's birthday. Uh, No chance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sophie's mom would never miss her birthday birthday she's a week late but technically she arrived on sophie's due date and that is the logic i am not late you were early yes and uh that was how we ended up at the place that almost made me quit the podcast forever say adios mate goodbye (laughs) yes because she attributes the fact that sophie came early to all of the sex she was having during her third trimester. Her trimester. I don't know what <laughs> <I can't> talk. <laughs> With various celebrities, apparently. And that was when we got this line. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. At that point, I, <laughs> I walked out of the room because what is Hilary Duff doing inside of Woody Harrelson's penis? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out of the penis. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I need to get through this without dying. Okay. There are so many. (laughs) 
there are so many things that are wrong with that sentence. But on the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. Yeah, no, get out. <laughs> I think it's a bad joke in general. First of all, <laughs> where was Woody Harrelson? And I just like don't think that he would be pleased to know that they were using his likeness in this capacity. Yeah, I I, I want to stand up for my boy Woody Harrelson. Don't come for Woody Harrelson like this. <laughs> Because then the follow-up line that Lori says is, yeah, he came early too. Yes. No. Rude. So problem number one, coming for Woody Harrelson. Problem number two (laughs) is that like, I get what Sophie meant, but it's not what she said. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think I need to elaborate further. You do. Please. I I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Can you please explain what she meant? Oh, this is like the lowest point of this is the joke. <laughs> our podcast. We have to analyze career. the joke. People are here for high level analysis and critical thinking. So they want to hear about how Sophie was <laughs> a fetus. Just watching her mom get railed from the inside. <laughs> this is why I'm a writer, guys, because I I almost want to say that commas matter, but it's not even the comma situation. It's like The line needs to be like scratched out, rephrased. I mean, potentially deleted from the script. Who am I to say? But what I what I assume, (laughs) I'm so at a loss, y'all. Like, I'm even saying y'all like this is this is not okay. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. (laughs) So I believe that Sophie is saying that, you know, she is a fetus. And she means from like inside her mom. Clear, that is what she means. That is what she means. <laughs> but yeah, what she what she actually says is that she was inside Woody Harrelson's <laughs> penis. Words, that is what she says. Ugh, words matter. English, yes. Words matter. Uh, I can't believe she got through that line with a straight face. I literally wrote that as well. I mean, honestly, give Hillary Duff. All the flowers. And like, is that the plus side? Like, that's the plus side of the situation. <laughs> You're so funny. Venus <laughs> from the inside. It doesn't get any better than that. That's the plus side. Are you serious? Yeah, that was a weird way to f- set that up, too. <laughs> like, I don't know. I Can we move on? I write yeah, young adult pl- books. Yes, like, please, I can, let's move on. Can, like, I need to. I said I have said penis way too many times for a kidlet author. Please. Oh, my God. Oh my, yes, exactly. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. (laughs) So hard. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. That's it. We're through. Podcast over. I mean, that, I literally walked away. I was like, they did not just say that. Um, They did not. Uh, And I had to be like, you know, I had to be calmed down. I had to be sat down and be like, you can do this. I I need a pep talk. (laughs) <laughs> and I sat back down and I was like, okay. It was right. just so much. So one second, it's Woody. The next second, it's Sting. Yeah, what is it with Hulu shows and like Sting? <laughs> like Sting just randomly is like a murder suspect in Only Murders in the Building. And now Sting, like is Sting trying to have a moment? I mean, I don't hate it for him. I mean- he was actually in Only Murders in the Building. He was in, he was. <laughs> Don't stand yeah. so close to me. 
Yeah. Don't stand so close to Sting. That was a good line. Yeah. I liked that one. I love, and this comes up in this episode as well. I love when uh, there's like plays on music lyrics, although I had to explain it to you. We, we'll get there. We'll get there. That was a bright spot. Sid, Sid, Sid is always a bright spot, but we'll get to him. First, we got to go to brunch where Sophie's mom meets all of her friends. She's like, don't flirt with Val's hot British boyfriend. Cut to Lori immediately flirting with Charlie and telling him he looks like a young Sting. Do you see it? No. No. (laughs) Not at all. Sid comes over with a tray of Bloody Marys and just has a very weird reaction to Sophie's mom. Yeah, his energy is off. His energy is off. And my first thought was like, did they do it? <laughs> they they did not. Uh, but that uh, oh. was the energy that was radiating from him. Are you ready to hear? So I, I think in the grand scheme of things, Sid probably got knocked down a few pegs from being like father candidate A, um, just based on the events that happened here because it was weird. Um, but new conspiracy. So you realized earlier today that Sid, the actor who plays Sid, was the kid who played Pi <laughs> in Life of Pi. Correct. Uh, it's been a while. I feel like that movie is that movie is over ten years old at this point. I feel like it's been quite some time since Life of Pi came out. So I didn't even realize that. I've only seen Life of Pi like one time. But you know what this year is? It is the year of the tiger. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, that could point to Sid, because 2022, Year of the Tiger. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. See, I I don't think that this knocked Sid down. I, I'm still full steam ahead on the Sid train. It's weird, but like the fact that it's a thing at all. I don't know. Like, I was worried when I thought that it was a sex thing. Because then I was like, oh, it's over. Like, Sophie can't, Sophie can't be with somebody who, like, railed her mom. She's never gonna, she's never gonna hook up with Ash, the... With Woody Harrelson. (laughs) (laughs) But what the story actually ends up being, it's like, it's like an awkward thing. But it's not a deal breaker. Eh, It feels close. If, like, if, like, obviously, uh, obviously Sophie doesn't find out here. But if Sophie was to find out, it's kind of weird. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that once that moment comes, I don't know. I think that Sid got through it and he's taken it to the grave. I don't think it'll ever come back up again. In fact, I think if this show goes on long enough, we will forget that this happened. But here's the thing. Sophie, Kim Cattrall Sophie is telling this story. So Kim could. So oh yeah, Sophie, Sophie does know. Sophie knows. <laughs> like we are, we have to assume here, right? That like everything that happens in the show is something that Sophie knows. Like even these like B and C stories that are happening at the same time. Like for some reason, Sophie is telling them to her child. So she knows this. So she knows. That makes it even weirder <laughs> that like Sophie goes on like a full deep dive about <laughs> Ellen crashing a shiva. Yes. So like. She knows about the the Sid and uh, about her mom taking Sid's masturbation virginity. That was such a weird way to phrase that, too. We'll get into that. Okay. We'll get into that. Okay. Let's keep going. Another weird 
New York moment is the line where Sophie, they're, they're, they're still at brunch and Sophie wants to hang out with her mom and she's like, hey, do you want to do that thing where we go to Times Square and give tourists wrong directions? Like, how much free time do you have? Why is that a thing that you enjoy doing? That was so weird. Times Square is the bad place, so I guess... I don't know why anybody would want to why just Why would go you go there? there? <laughs> why is that yeah. a fun activity for you? I don't know. Um, that was, like, borderline sociopathic. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe she can talk to Charlie about it. But, yeah, luckily... or. No, I think in this case, <laughs> luckily for her, uh, her mom is only in town for the one day. So no Times Square tomorrow. Uh, she actually wants Sophie to go to the bar tonight. The Happy Idiot is the name of the bar. And see her boyfriend, Ash, Jason Mraz's biggest fan, perform. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because uh, after tonight, he's going on tour to... This is just a thing in this world that musicians do. They just go on tour in Europe in the year 2022. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. First Leighton Meester and now Ash. And Val, you know, reminds Sophie, you know, you have your, you have plans already, but Sophie is going to blow off Drew for her mom. This is a pattern. This has happened before. And she invites the gang to go with her. Also of note, because this kicks off one of the side stories, the happy idiot is the bar where Jesse proposed to Meredith, a.k.a. Leighton Meester. So that is a site of trauma. Yes, it was the site of proposal fail. And we actually got to see more of proposal fail, and it does not get better, but we can, <laughs> we can cross that bridge later. Yes. But it all starts here. So Charlie in this episode, he is, you know, we're getting Charlie trying to like come into himself, right? Like he moved to a new country. He needed to get a place to live. Now he needs to figure out what his purpose is um, because due to how he was raised, he has no practical life skills, but he has had a lot of therapy Therefore, by the transitive property, he is qualified to be a therapist. I mean, it is Charlie Bartlett logic, and I do love that movie. Yeah. Anton Yelkin, RIP. I did not like this at all. I mentioned that already. I don't know, especially I feel like we are living in a moment where mental health is so fraught for so many to kind of evoke it in a way that, to me, it almost felt like it was trivializing it. Felt a little cringe. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Charlie is here, and it sounds like he just came over from the UK. So there's a lot of problems with this story from just like a, a logistical perspective, but I don't think he has a visa. So he can't go to school. He really can't get a job. Uh, he's going to have to leave the country in probably like five months. <laughs> Uh, if they really wanted to go all in with Charlie, he and Val probably should have just gotten married. I do not doubt that that will be a thing yeah. some, at some point in the future because you're so right. I haven't thought about that until this point that there's also like legal implications to him being here. He's Yeah, he's gonna have to marry somebody. He's gonna have to marry somebody. Maybe it's Sid. <laughs> Actually, Sid is, Sid is still with Hannah at this point. No, it's, it's probably, well. Maybe Ellen. 
You think it's going to be Ellen? No, I don't think it can be Ellen. Not in any sort of, like, obviously there would be no romantic piece to it. I don't know. I just don't see, I don't see Charlie and Val lasting long enough for a green card wedding. I don't know, but that is a good point, and I think that you have predicted the future. Uh, Yes. I mean, that is what I do. (laughs) But he is going to really go all in and use all of the tools that he has been taught in therapy because he, too, has mommy issues. That was the real theme of this episode, right? Mommy issues. Yeah. I mean, and listen, this is not the first time that we've uh, talked about some some therapy on uh, on this podcast. This is aversion therapy. <laughs> so, oh. The thing you like causes you pain. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, just different methods. Yes, we're not doing aversion therapy here. We're doing exposure therapy. Charlie is going to start by healing Jesse because he is a traumatized mess who, who barely touches his keyboard and he's a so-called musician. Yeah, I've never seen him play any... I've Somehow, we've seen Sophie play more music <laughs> than musician Jesse. Yes. And they're going to start by watching the proposal fail video. But first, random Ellen C-plot. Shout out to Christine Baranski of The Good Fight. She's also in Julian Fellows' The Gilded Age. Oh. And <laughs> she's great. She's a star. I mean, give her her flat. I mean, she came off looking the best out of anybody in this episode. Chris, I mean, I guess Jason Mraz got a nice shout out. I'm talking about the shout outs. Oh, you of the <laughs> shout outs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she was up there for sure. But, you know, you talk about the good anything. I'm sorry. It's Juliana Margulies, the good wife. <laughs> Yes, she is making a BLT, Ellen, not Christine Baranski. And, oh no, her tomato is rotten. She says, this is not 100% fresh. And that was one of the cringiest jokes. That was a dad joke. Like, that was bad. Yeah, but it's like, she's also making that joke to nobody. It's <laughs> Yeah, she's just talking to herself. Just talking to herself. So the logical thing to do here is not, you know go to the grocery store, or even just, like, change up your meal choice. Well, I think that was the goal, right? Like, she, it was just a coincidence that when she left her apartment, there happened to be just tomatoes across the hall. (laughs) Yeah, like a, like a butler carry, like a tray of tomatoes. You don't invite butlers to it. That's not a traditional part of a shiva. I mean, there could be catering. Yeah. Yeah, butler was the wrong word. It was a caterer, a cater waiter. (laughs) I don't know why I went all, like, Martin the butler on this. Yeah, you've been watching too much Joe Millionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, catering can definitely be a thing. But yeah, so now she's like, whoa, tomatoes. What am I to do but to crash a Shiva to obtain these tomatoes for my BLT to watch the good fight with Christine Baranski? Honestly, this is like more effort than I would. Like if I was in the middle of making a sandwich and then I realized that I forgot one ingredient, I would just be like, yep. 
the sandwich isn't it's not having this ingredient today and just like move on with my life well that's what i'm saying I, that was kind of my <laughs> point like i would never like leave mid sandwich to go i'm just like blt know, it's, like, now the it's sandwich in- is not gonna you've already started the sandwich yeah. the sandwich needs to be eaten it's not gonna make it you know whatever amount of time you have to go to the group and she never even eats the sand like there's no empirical proof here that she ever gets back to her sandwich that's true so yes because she immediately meets the dead lady's hot granddaughter who also cares too much about produce that is an instant love connection is it i mean we've established right you need more than one thing in common to really have long-term success with another person this is why drew and sophie need more than just the christina aguilera video dirty so (laughs) (laughs) i think rachel and ellen yes they have a shared love of produce but you need more than one thing correct and the granddaughter's like so how'd you know my grandma and ellen begins to contrive this like elaborate lie that she was her grandmother's best friend i know speaking of sociopathic (laughs) well there's a lot to unpack there from start to finish with ellen i mean honestly like she put so much effort into this when literally all she needed to say is like oh i i live across the hall yeah no there was really no reason there was no reason to lie it makes no sense so then we and you don't you don't need to be best friends with this woman not necessary no then we cut back to the happy idiot where Sophie and Val arrive. Sophie is FaceTiming with Drew and apologizing for missing game night, but he's just so understanding because he's such a good guy. He's boring, but I digress. Sophie says to Val, you know, Ash is probably this like Jeff Bridges something or other. Jeff Bridges shout. There's so many shout outs. Not a good shout out for Jeff Bridges. Uh, yeah, negative Jeff Bridges shout out, but somehow not the worst shout out of the episode. <laughs> On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. <laughs> and so they're backstage. Lori is with a man who vaguely resembles Jeff Bridges, but that's not Ash. That is Ash's tour manager, Brad. But then we do meet Ash. Ash is a... Mature 27, he, as we mentioned, is played by Mason Gooding from Love, Victor, and he seems normal enough. Yeah, do you get any Cuba vibes from Mason Gooding? A little when you say it. Oh, really? What what Cuba vibes do you get? You're really putting me on the spot here. Well, I don't know. I just, I said that because I don't, I don't particularly get a lot of, like, Cuba vibes from Mason. It's not like a, like, what's the young Quaid? From the boys, like Dennis Quaid's kid, where it's just like, oh my God. (laughs) Wait. Uncanny. Wait, wait. Oh my God. He's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s kid? Oh my God. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yes, he is Cuba Gooding Jr.'s kid. I do. I, I mean, I see it. But you're right. I never would have like, I didn't, I didn't see him. In Love, Victor, season one. Obviously, I haven't, I didn't see him at all and associate him with Cuba Gooding Jr. Because I am just finding this out right now. Mm -hmm. So I hear you. Once you say it, I see it. But it's not like an immediate 
Quaid reaction. Indeed. It's not a Quaid reaction. <laughs> so I agree with you. He was at NYU at the same time as us. Really? Yeah, but he dropped out. As they all do. As they all do. As yeah. All I the think, actors do. All the successful actors. I think he would have been in the class after you. Damn, he's younger than me. Yeah, he was born in November 96. So it's likely he would have been class of... Uh, 2019? 2019, yeah. But he dropped out. But he dropped out. Is there a joke that, like, if you, you know, if you actually graduated from Tish acting, oof. Because if you're successful, you drop out. Chris and Bell dropped out. Timothy Chalamet dropped out. Mason Gooding dropped out. Well... Look at him keeping himself booked and busy. I think he's endearing. I really like him on on Love, Victor. So I was happy to see him here. And Sophie is sus. Sophie's like, nah, he may seem normal, but there's always something wrong with the guys my mom dates. My mom is great. She just chooses terrible men. I know what his problem is. I bet he's a gold digger who thinks my mom is rich. Well, guess what? She's not. Joke's on Ash. Then she says something cringy in, you know, Spanglish. But it's called out by Val. So at least we're calling out the cringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really Sophie's Achilles heel in her relationship with her mom. Is like she puts her mom on this pedestal where she doesn't realize that, like, if the same thing is happening over and over and over again, like, maybe it's not the guy's. Maybe it's her. Maybe she is She is the common denominator. Yeah, and I didn't realize she didn't know this. Like, when she was talking to Jesse about this on the subway, it sounded like she knew this already. So I was a little bit surprised that we even got this story like this. I agree, too. I really thought that it was set up that her relationship with her mom was already pretty fraught and yeah. that she had a lot of baggage in, like, a more negative way than what we saw. True, but, you know, for all these, like, heartfelt conversations that Sophie had with Jesse in, like, the first two and a half episodes, like, Jesse could not care less that her mom is here today. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to, like, watch the guys and, like, think about how they have come in and out of play throughout these first five episodes, because I think that the more I think about it, the show is trying really hard right now to almost like distance Sophie and Jesse mm-hmm. so that maybe it doesn't seem so obvious. Well, that's probably why it's treading water. That's why it feels so slow. Yeah. Because there's just like no movement on that front. Yeah, I agree. Unless it is just Drew. Um, I do think Drew gained some points here because... He is the person that she's with at the end of the episode. So it's obviously, it's not a negative at this moment. True. But he wasn't on the bridge. He was not on the bridge, but maybe the bridge (laughs) is a red herring. I think it all depends, again, on how long this show goes on for. Actually, I read in the last week that Hilary Duff herself does not even know who the father is. And the... Leading men do not know. So does that mean that the writers do not know? It for sure means that the writers <laughs> do not know. If the writers knew, they would at least tell Hillary Duff, similar to like how Michael Schur told like uh, Kristen Bell, or yeah, Kristen Bell and Ted Danson knew the twist in season one of The Good Place. Like someone would know if the writers knew. 
it's possible that like other members of the cast could not know so that it could be like a surprise, but like someone would know. Yeah. So chew on that. We are, we are trying so hard to solve a mystery that at this point in time is not even solvable. This is what we do with our time. Yep. So then from there, we cut back to the Shiva. You know, I, I, I have to say I do appreciate, you know, an attempt at Jewish representation. I do kind of hope that Rachel becomes a recurring character. They do kind of hint at that at the end of the episode because she is moving into the apartment across the, the hall. She, it is her inheritance. I liked her. I kind of do hope we see more of her. No. Yeah, I could. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't need it um, because they're going to try and make it like a romantic thing where it should just be. I really want people to fight <laughs> for some reason where it should just be, again, pure violence. Well, this episode for Ellen is, you know, it's a meat disaster, right? Like she continues to elaborate on her lie about her best friendship with Rachel's grandmother. Then she invites her to the bar where everybody's hanging out. Rachel wants to dip. I do think it's weird to like establish a sort of like flirtation with someone at a shiva within a place of mourning. Yeah, especially like a direct relative. Like there is something a little bit sus about Rachel, but everybody processes grief in their own way. There's something sus about, no, there's something sus about Ellen. <laughs> what do you mean there's something sus about Rachel? Well, both of them, I think. It's weird. It's a weird dynamic. Ellen is for sure more sus. Oh, yeah. So that that is happening off to the side. I feel like this episode in particular has just like, it's like so much is happening, but also nothing at all. Because then we're back at the bar. Sophie is kind of grilling Ash who just seems like a cool guy. He has two everythings, his twin sisters and Jason Mraz. I think that would mean he has three everythings. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah. And Sophie's like, I see you. If you want a sugar mama, well, guess what? My mama's got no sugar. And Ash is like, I know your mama's broke, but she's also beautiful and alive and free. <laughs> And that is enough to convince Sophie that Ash loves her mom for who she is. Real missed opportunity, I think, to just pull a Jason Mraz quote here. Do you have a particular quote Ash. in mind? No. Okay. Back in therapy, Jesse and the guys watch the proposal fail video. So we get a bit more of that. We hear the song, the quote unquote song. It's like nothing... Impress. I would. I would also turn that proposal down if I'm being honest. I don't think the song is the make or break in a proposal. <laughs> it's not like you know what I was on the fence, but the song was bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So here's the thing. It's like I. I don't know what I'm supposed to believe in terms of like Jesse the musician because his first performance, and if that's supposed to be like the performance to like push. Him over the edge from boyfriend to fiance. It wasn't very good. No, maybe he's just a cover artist. He's not, you know, he's not a writer. Maybe. And then, so we see a little bit of the before the fail. And then we see a little bit after the fail. Um, and we learn that 
Jesse likes Cosmos, which is also a real like pain point for him. Yeah, so after he somehow gets a cause he spills a Cosmo and so it looks like he peed himself. So and everybody's laughing at him. Yes. So it really just is like a <laughs> just a video that just goes on and on. And this is why it went viral, I guess. I guess I don't know. It's not like it's not even like it's particularly like this does not scream viral video to me in the year 2022. I could see it going viral in like the way that like maybe other people start to recreate it like Couch Guy. And then all these guys are doing like Couch Guy videos. Yeah. But the video in itself is just like, I don't know, it's not super remarkable. No. It's not like people would enjoy it just for the sake of enjoying it. It's like it would have to become a a, a moment like that. Yeah, and like the Cosmo shade was also weird. Like I don't I don't know, that was just like a weird joke to make because it felt like unnecessary it felt like an unnecessarily like gender joke. Like the joke is that like why are you a man drinking a cosmopolitan mm-hmm. this like fruity drink why are we doing this in the year 2022 it was hard to live in the moment in 2022 it was hard to drink a cosmopolitan piece <laughs> in the year 2022 yes so they watched the video jesse's like actually that wasn't as bad as i thought it would be charlie you cured me let's go to the happy idiot but hold up sid has trauma too And this is where we learn that Sophie's mom took his masturbation virginity. This is a big night on the podcast. I'm saying penis. I'm saying masturbation. (laughs) We are really far away from Lizzie McGuire, our roots. But let's talk about it. Oh, wait, we can't. We have to go back to the happy idiot first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's when you see Lori making out with Jeff Bridges. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A.K.A. Brad. Yes. And this is where Val conveniently sees this. And she cracks the case real quick. Mm -hmm. And then we're back to Sid's trauma. He sets it up. We get some flashback. It was the summer after seventh grade. He went to Spencer's Gifts. He bought a lava lamp and a poster of Sophie's mom. The poster itself, is it like she's in this kind of like fantasy character outfit what Uh, is it about the poster i I don't know it looked to me like she was just in like a bathing suit and long story short sid's mom interrupts well also also we we have to mention the hamster slim shady he's setting up his big night he doesn't want slim shady to see him jerking off doesn't want to traumatize slim shady so he puts slim shady on the floor everything's perfect and then his mom interrupts There is just some commotion and some panic and Sid gets up, the lava lamp falls, and he kills Slim Shady. He murders his hamster. And that was the one moment in this entire episode where Sam let out a hearty chuckle. This was the funniest moment of the... Sid saying Slim Shady, please stand up was the funniest moment of the show so far. (laughs) I dare say it's the only funny moment of the show so far, but him going Slim Shady, please stand up is just hilarious. And I have no idea how, but somehow I'm always the person who has to like explain Eminem jokes (laughs) to other people. And I'm not even like a huge Eminem fan, but like 
So I don't know how this responsibility fell on me, but I had to explain to you the same way that I had to explain the Stan SNL sketch to your parents. Like, how did this happen to me? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. But that was, that was funny. Yeah. And not only did Sid kill Slim Shady, (laughs) he finished after he buried him. Charlie's like, you know, that's a lot, but we're going to heal you too. Let's go. And then everybody's at the bar. Sorry, I just had a, so Sid was worried about Slim Shady seeing his penis from the inside. <laughs> That's why I had to go on the floor. No. <laughs> no, we're moving on. We're cruising through the end of this episode because now everybody's at the bar. Sophie goes up to Val and is like, hey, you were right about Ash. He's great. Then cut to Ellen who pulls Charlie to the side when the guys arrived and, you know, Charlie's hanging out with all the Yentas. So what does he know about Rachel's grandmother? How can she further this lie? According to Charlie, Esther doesn't have any children. So how could she have grandchildren? Oh my gosh, Charlie and Ellen quickly deduce that Rachel must be committing elder fraud. Not just elder fraud, elder Esther fraud. Yeah, logical (laughs) jump to make here. Yes. Then we cut back, Sophie and Val. Sophie's all in on Ash at this point, and Val kind of bursts the bubble because Sophie's mom sucks, and Val knows that, and she wants Sophie to know that. And she's like, have you ever considered that, like, your mom is the common denominator in all of these men? Like, the guys aren't the problem, your mom is. And then Sophie's like, you're way off base. You're wrong. And then Val is like, well, then why did I see your mom making out with Brad? <laughs> with Brad. And then Sophie is like, well, shit. I guess uh, Lori is the bad guy. Duh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is Sophie's blind spot. And then, again, we get a lot of just like back and forth between like now everybody's, now everybody's at the happy idiot. Everyone is being an idiot. In various ways. So Ellen marches up to Rachel and accuses her of elder fraud. And Rachel is like, what? And honestly, one of my favorite lines of this episode is when Charlie realizes his mistake and he confuses two elderly Jewish ladies, Esty Leibowitz and Esther Horowitz. And then Ellen's like, wait, are you Leibowitz or Horowitz? And Rachel's like, Horowitz, you lunatic. Yeah, she's basically like, Stay away from me! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that really is the energy. (laughs) She marches off, goodbye forever, don't acknowledge me, this is it, we are through. Ellen yells back that she is not giving up hope on them and that she knows where she lives, which is very threatening. She clarifies that she didn't mean that as a threat, but it's still pretty threatening. Yeah, and then she gets, like, mad at Charlie. Like, this is somehow Charlie's fault. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie made an honest mistake based on your crazy night. (laughs) Yeah. Don't blame Charlie for this. Like, yeah, accept some responsibility here. This is you. Yeah, there are things that I did not love about Charlie in this episode, but he did not deserve the, to get the the flack there. Like, first of all, you went up to Charlie, like, give me all your, give me everything you know. Give me your full file. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, just go make some friends yourself. Jeez. Just be more neighborly. Yeah, I agree. And then Sid buys Lori a drink, and that apparently cures his trauma. That made no sense. That was weird. That didn't need to happen. This entire episode sort of culminates in Sophie calling out her mom for her pattern of just blowing up her relationships and then blowing up their life. And she is chronic wanderlust. Classic sag. I think you mean sag. (laughs) (laughs) Sag. I can't talk. I don't know, but sag sounds so much worse. (laughs) Yeah. Lori admits to cheating on Ash and her reasons are not good. Like she's just like, yeah, I have chronic wanderlust. I don't want to settle. I want fireworks. And Sophie's like, but we moved 13 times, which is a lot of times. Yeah, she had no real friends. So how did she meet Val? (laughs) Uh, She has no childhood photos, which... She's 30. Like, she's what? Like, four years older than us? You are on MySpace. Don't lie to yourself. Yeah. You got some digital photos. That's true. That's true. And then what's supposed to be like a sweet and poignant moment-ish is just, it's still so weird. Like, she's like, why did that bikini poster come with us everywhere we went? And Lori was like, because you were in the bikini poster too, inside me. Everybody... (laughs) Is using prepositions <laughs> poorly. <laughs> Grammar matters. Can't you see yourself in the photo from the inside? <laughs> yeah, so apparently on the day of that photo shoot, Lori learned that she was pregnant with Sophie. So that that hot bikini shot just reminds her of the best thing that ever happened to her. <laughs> Sophie's not in the picture. No. Stop it. That's that was such a weird that was such a weird way to put it. I know. It, it's so like so so new is this pregnancy. She's basically still in the penis. Like <laughs> <laughs> Ah. <laughs> we, we need to finish this. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. <laughs> and even even Sophie is like not really buying this and I don't know. I just, she just seems very done here because Lori is like, can we go somewhere and talk about the Ash stuff? Sophie's like, no, I actually have my own plans and my own life. And I'm going to my boring boyfriend's house. I think you need to recycle your attitude, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to, again, there's just so much. I feel like this podcast is going to seem incoherent because of just like how much jumping around is happening and like the content within these scenes like i'm so sorry to anybody who has listened this far (laughs) i'd be shocked if someone is still listening at this point if you are still listening at at this point let us know yes jesse tries to confront his trauma head-on when charlie um gets him on the stage at the happy idiot to play a song but it doesn't go all that well somebody orders him a cosmo again to keep that joke going and to make fun of him he starts yelling back there's like a your mama joke which is like very very dated 
and that's it. He's just gonna he's just gonna run away before things escalate any further, and this becomes a viral video. But Charlie's feeling pretty good about himself still. He's like, I want to be a psychiatrist. JK, a psychologist. JK, what can I do that requires no formal training? Cut to him behind the bar. He is now a bartender. How uh, did he get his visa? I doubt it. (laughs) Doubt it. (laughs) Yes, it is definitely paying him under the table. Oh, for sure. For sure. And this is... This is where we end. Sophie's child in the year 2050 is like, Mom, why did you tell me this story about you and Grandma? And that is truly how I felt when this episode ended. I was right there with Sophie's child. Why did we get this? It felt so inconsistent with, like, the setup that we had gotten on her mom prior. Like, I expected more tension from the get-go. I don't even really know how much growth Sophie truly exhibited throughout this episode. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. And I mean, Sophie says, I could not have been with your dad until I dealt with my mom's stuff. And I mean, I get that, but I just don't think that mom's stuff was really dealt with. I agree. It was like she was there and then she left. But it's not like we saw like, I I just don't think it was a big enough separate. Like, obviously, there's boundary issues. Yes, Sophie did not continue the conversation. She did take a step back and say, like, I want to go see my boyfriend. I'm not doing this right now. But Sophie has been known to backslide. So I just don't think that I saw enough. In the end, Sophie makes it to game night. Drew is happy to see her. They kiss. End of episode five. Yes. Matt McGuire, did we learn who the father is? Why, no father. <laughs> I had no idea what you were going to do right there. That was glorious. That made this all worth it. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Wow. I, I might do that every episode. We'll start the episode with Matt McGuire. Did we get a father? Why, no father. <laughs> That was so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this was, um, I think, okay. So highlight of the episode for me, obviously one was um, Slim Shady. Number two, Jesse was wearing a Goodbye Yellow Brick Road t-shirt. Did you see that? I did not catch that. You didn't catch that? He was wearing it like the whole episode. The whole episode? Yeah, pretty much. Must be a big Elton John fan. Oh, yeah. I like it. Again, never seen him play the piano. I guess we did kind of. We saw his song, right? We did see his song. Yeah, we saw some of we saw some of the song. Meredith Marry Me, please. Marry me, Meredith, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I get why she didn't take him to Europe with her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sweet, sweet baby Sid will always be a highlight for me. I think he's still at the top of the father tracker. Jesse is a close second. Really? I think Drew is now second. Really? I don't know. They have nothing in common. But what does she really have in common with 
Jesse besides just things that they do when they're sad. Like, that's also not a basis for a healthy relationship. That's true. The things in common traits with both of these men are songs. Yes. I don't know. I just think that, I think Drew is a season one story. So I don't think he's number two. But agree to disagree. I like discourse. I like conflict. Okay. And I think we have talked enough about this. This, this episode, the good mom, the good fight, the good wife, words. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're just going to, we're just going to cut it off here before we, I don't even know where we could go from here. I don't even know where this is going to go from here. Let's, 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 let's pick up the pace next week, please. Yes. Uh, Woody Harrelson is my MVP. Take that episode. <laughs> Bold choice. Cool. So that, I mean, that was it. That was episode 105 of How I Met Your Father, The Good Mom. As always, you can follow us at Alpha Repeat Pod on Twitter and email us at Alpha Repeaters Podcast at gmail.com. If you just tune in for this one, we have a whole library of episodes talking about everything from Lizzie McGuire to. Lizzie McGuire to, <laughs> to random movies. Uh, so you can find all of that at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. And if you still feel compelled to join us on this journey after this whirlwind of an episode, we will be back next week to talk about Season one, episode six of How I Met Your Father. 